Welcome to the Bobine Banter with the Penn State Extension Dairy Team. My name is Adrian Borragan. I am an extension veterinarian and assistant clinical professor within the Department of Veterinary and Biomedical Sciences at Penn State University. I would like to welcome Joe Suck from Suckset Farm and Lauren Harkle Road from Coral Homestead Farms. Today, we'll be discussing utilizing the precision technology in your farm and how to manage the sometime overwhelming amount of data that is generated for this technology. Thank you for joining us today, Joe and Lauren. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your farm and your role at the farm? Uh, Lauren, you can go first. Sure. Um, our farm is owned by my parents, Tanya Brubaker, and along with my parents, my husband, and six other employees, uh, we milk around 500 cows and farm roughly 800 acres of corn and alfalfa. Um, my job on the farm is and tax paperwork, as well as managing our calf barn with our automatic calf feeder. Thank you, Lauren. Joe, you want to go next? Yeah, I'm Joe Zug from Juniata County. Uh, we have we milk about 800 cows uh, with my parents and brother, uh, <clears throat> Art and Dina Zug, and brother Dan. Um, my responsibilities are overseeing the animal side of the operation and my brother does more of the crops and the manure management we grow corn and uh corn and alfalfa small grains forages uh see we milk or we have a freestyle barn sand bedded milk in a double 18 parlor that was built in 2018 uh, that has SCR all flex automation on it uh, that we started utilizing in the end of 2016. Thank you, Joe. I'm glad you mentioned about the SCR colors because I, I definitely will be asking uh, quite a bit about that. So let's start with you, Joe. I have worked with the farm for many years now, um, performing applied research, and I'm aware of, of uh, set up the technology you guys are using to monitor uh, cow health and cow performance. So would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about what technology are you using for, for this component, uh, sort of the monitoring health and performance of adult cows, and what are the main capabilities of the technology? So yeah, we're using the AllFlex SCR system that we and what we started using in the end of 2016, uh, <clears throat> it tracks rumination activity, and then we get milk weights in the parlor through the uh, milk meter, the SCR milk meters in the parlor. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, I, I, that um, that's a great summary of of sort of uh, the main. Uh, components that the technology or parameters the technology tracks. But what do you do with the data? Because I, you know, you mentioned a little bit about um, assessing the milk production and um, rumination. So what are the main goals of collecting and, and um, utilizing that data? How, how you guys are implementing this data? So every morning we have, we look at the computer and determine who need who would need checked if they have mastitis if they're sick fresh cow checks that's preliminarily done on the computer uh milk weights are taken through that system too and it determines if we should look at those animals for treatment we're also using it heavily for heat detection and breeding so along with the health 
monitoring. It will do heat detection. So a hundred, well, basically 80% of the breedings would be based on the heat detection off of this system. Joe, I'll do a follow-up question on, on the health checks. I'm aware that this technology has sort of a flagging system that will flag the cows that are off their, their normal behavior and use rumination activity on this. In your experience, how accurate is this data? As far as fresh cow monitoring, if the if the ID is on the ta- is on the cow during her drive period when she freshens, it's very accurate. Uh, following rumination, if a cow does, if the cow's rumination's off, there is something wrong with her. It's very, very accurate with activity, rumination, and milk weights. Great, thank you, Joe. So. I think that that definitely has uh, great features. And there is some research from Cornell University that sort of uh, assess the accuracy of this technology. And they reported a high accuracy in specific disease, no, diseases, not all of them, but, but quite accurate in diseases related uh, to ruminations, or, for instance, DAs and, and those type of conditions. But one thing that, that is a challenge, I believe, in the applicability of the technology is the day-to-day management of this data. So would you mind expanding on how you manage this data on a daily basis? So right away in the morning, you'll, we look at the computer and they don't have um, they don't have a list of cows that need that are off on deviations or um or rumination. Rumination is kind of the focus on a lot of a lot of cow problems. So well, it generates a list based on cows that should be checked. And then you either, we have a sort gate with this technology also, and then you can just sort those animals out <clears throat> that need checked. As far as the heat, as far as heats and breeding, it's pretty straightforward as well. You just, uh, work off the list that's provided. So Joe, with the um, the flag, you, you mentioned rumination, perhaps is one of the main para- parameters that is utilized to flag the animals. Um, but you mentioned this system also is connected to the uh, parlor milking weights. Uh, do you know if it utilized the milk production as well along with rumination or you track that differently separately? For instance, if you have a cow that is flagged for, by rumination, you will look at their milk production as well. The sick cow list is generated by the three different parameters. So it would be milk weight, rumination, and activity. What I'm utilizing mostly is the rumination. So if she's dropping in, dropping in rumination, there's something wrong with her. Excellent. Great. Thanks for the insight, Joe. So now I think that you have described some of these already, uh, but would you mind summarizing the main benefits of this technology and also the main disadvantages, so the main the, the pros and cons. Sort of. Pros are definitely labor savings. Uh, you have 24-hour monitoring of animals. Uh, you don't. I mean, if an animal is not flagged on a list to check, you definitely do not have to look at her. I think there was a lot of time wasted on checking fresh cows that there's nothing wrong with them. So you can just look at a fresh cow report and say, I need to check these two cows and the rest of them are completely fine. I think that some cows 
in the past may have been treated for diseases or metritis or such that maybe they're not they're not really that sick or they're not sick at all actually based on uh, rumination and production the main benefit is is the 24-hour monitoring and the labor savings as far as disadvantages i mean there is a cost associated with the system but i mean as far as the management of the system the only downside really is there is some labor required for tag maintenance if tags go bad or cows lose tags or, or stuff like that that that's really but that's just general maintenance i think Great points, Joe. And it's uh, interesting what you're saying about the sort of mild conditions that might not require uh, treatment because there was uh, there's actually a recent study that have shown that uh, the high percentage of metritis cows that experience self-cure, uh, so they don't need medication, the, the focus is more identifying those animals that they require the treatment and do not treat animals with antibiotics that, not, that might not need it, especially with the concern of antimicrobial resistance. That's a great point. Thank you so much, Joe. Let's switch gears a little bit. And now let's uh, go to Lauren. Lauren, I know that the farm has been using Automatica feeders for several years now. Could you please tell us about the capabilities of this technology? Sure. Um we installed our GIA auto feeder with Forrester Tech technology in March 2017. So it's been a little over six years. Um, we have three stations on our auto feeder, one station per pen, and each station can accommodate up to 25 calves. Um, they recommend no more than 25 calves per nipple so that there is no overcrowding and everyone just gets a fair turn to drink. Um, each auto feeder has two stations that just the auto feeder alone can meter the amount of milk that each station gets. And you can set one station to have priority over the other. So for my auto feeder, we have the younger calves in pen one. So station one has priority over station two. So for example, if a calf on station two is drinking and a younger calf comes up to station one, it will pause feeding the older calf in pen two. And she will either have to wait until the calf in station one is finished, or she just leaves and will come back later. Um, but as I mentioned, my feeder has three stations because we needed room for up to 75 calves. So in order to add the third station, we have a booster pump separate from the feeder that meters the milk for pen three. So the station three calves can drink anytime, regardless if there's any calves in any of the other two stations because of the separate pump. Now, these auto feeders are capable of up to four stations. Uh, adding a four station would require a second booster pump to meter the milk for that. But four is the maximum number of stations that you can put on one auto feeder. Thank you, Laura. I think that's a, a great summary of this technology and, and sort of the capabilities. So... How much data is actually generated from this technology? I imagine there's a lot of um, in the field uh, work with this technology, but what about the data and, and the utilization of that data? Yes, there is a power data. Um, one of my favorite things about this technology is the Calf Cloud app. Um, I can pull up the app on my phone and see exactly what is going on at the feeder in real time. Like, for example, which calf is currently drinking at each station or when was the last mixer cleaning? And right on the homepage, it will give a quick glance at the number of calves that are categorized under consumption okay, 
entitled to feed or alarm. I have my calves entitled to two liters every two hours if they want it. So once they drink their two liters, they will read on the machine as blocked. And it doesn't matter how many times they visit the station, they will not be fed until their two hours have passed. So those would be the calves that are part of the number that is function okay. Um, those entailed to be fed are calves that are past their two hours. They are no longer blocked out, but they haven't eaten and they're more than likely just not hungry. And then the third category, alarm, are the calves I always want to check. Um, they are flagged as an alarm because their speed or consumption amount is lower than the parameters I have set. And this usually means that she's sick and needs some one-on-one -on -one attention. But all that information so far is just a quick glance as soon as I log on to the calf cloud. From there, I can click on my calf list and it tells me in numerical order each calf, her 24 and 48 hour consumption in liters, her feeding plan, A, B, C, or D, which state she's at, one, two, or three, her speed today and yesterday, what day she was housed in the barn, what day her feeding plan she is, uh, the number of alarms, if any, and the number of break-off. And uh, to explain a break-off, that would be how many times she has left the station and didn't finish what was in the mixer, which could be a sign of sickness. And then from there on, I can access even more data on a specific calf. If I click on her number, it shows me a 48-hour history of exactly how much she drank at the exact time. And that's kind of in like a line graph format um, with pictures. Um, and I'll see these calves coming up 11 times a day and night and drinking one liter at each visit. So it really is like an all-you-can-eat buffet for them. I can also see on each individual calf two bar graphs, one of her feeding behavior, um, numbers of liters in relation to days, and her speed, one through 100 in relation to days. The feeding behavior should be like a mountain because their consumption rate rises as they grow. But each calf will wean herself off of milk on her own, surprisingly. They are allowed milk for 50 days, but after 50 days, they only want maybe two to four liters a day, as opposed to the nine to 12 liters that they're drinking around 35 to 40 days. Um, the speed graph should stay pretty much a steady. So if I see one of these bars drop significantly on either one of these graphs, it's another good indication that this calf might have a problem that needs addressed. Great. That was a lot of information, Lauren. Thank you so much for the great summary. So now I think that you mentioned that you can access this information on real time. But when we think about farm management, right, we usually tend to protocolize the process and sort of on a daily or weekly schedule. So do you have sort of a protocol to assess uh, this information on a daily basis, like early in the morning or more than one time a day? Or what is the approach that you're taking uh, with this? Um, I check the calves twice a day usually uh, on my phone, on the app, as well as I visit the barn once a day in person. Um, but the calves in pen two and three are usually well on their way. So if there's going to be a sick calf, it's more than likely going to be one of the younger ones in pen one. So I'll scroll just through the list of those that are in pen one and make sure all their speeds are greater than 90 and that their consumption rate is the same or greater than what it was the previous day. 
And I can usually detect a problem before the calf goes off feed. So anyone that deals with calves knows the sooner you can detect and treat a problem, the faster and easier they can recover. Um, sometimes I will check a calf because uh, she comes up on the app and I'm like, oh, she looks a little off. So I'll go and look at her. Um, but I don't even see a problem yet. So I'll just put her on my radar and it might even be the next day before she starts to show any signs of illness. So this technology can greatly help with detecting sick calves before they even look visually sick. A follow-up question on that. Do you do any preventive uh, treatment or management if you see an animal that you see that's a little off but not sick yet? Because, you know, when we think about the evolution of veterinary medicine and animal healthcare, uh, we now really focus on preventing disease, right, even if, before it happens. So do you have any uh, approaching place that you see this animal is coming off or is, is getting a little off but not sick yet? Do you do anything on those cases? Well, we background our calves in the hutches for 10 to 14 days because we found that if our calves are going to get sick, once they make it to about 12 days, if they haven't gotten sick yet, they're probably not going to get sick. Um, so we do individually feed them in the hutches. So that helps. Um, so, you know, having newborns in the pen with like no immune system, they have a little bit of a, an immune system when they go in there at 12 days old. Um, and then we also added more vaccines to our dry cow and newborn protocol. So we've done all that we can do to try to prevent it, but it happens. Yeah, no matter how well you manage the animals, they're going to be that population of susceptible animals. Well, that's great. Thanks, uh, Lauren. So I'll ask sort of the same question that I asked Joe with this technology now. You give us a lot of pros, I think. Uh, and again, if you if you want to give us a little more on, on the positive side of the technology, but also I will inquire on the disadvantage of the cons of this technology, if you would like to, to let us know in your experience. I think just the general idea of group housing young calves with little to no immune systems is always challenging. Um, it seems like if I do have one calf in pen one that'll get a respiratory illness, they just share it with everyone in the pen. So like I said, we did add more vaccines and we invested in proper tube ventilation. We not only have uh, what they call winter tubes up in the rafters, but we have a large summer tube that we turn on when the weather gets above 55 degrees. Um, so we tried our best to prevent these group housing issues. But every now and then, a little bug will come through and they'll all get it. And that's always a challenge and probably the main disadvantage. I, I really like the technology that we have. It's very convenient. You know, these days, uh, I think that the, the, the thing that's always lagging is time. And adding technology like that, that saves us time, precious time, is always a benefit for the operation. Well, thank you so much for your insight Lauren and, and Joe, and for commenting on your experiences and, and providing this excellent information for, for our listeners. Uh, do you guys have any last comment or tips that you would like to share uh, with our audience? And we're going to start with Joe and then uh, we can go with Lauren. I think that the system that we've put in place has greatly improved our management and efficiency on the dairy. And I I mean, when the computer doesn't work, it's a really bad day. So I don't think I can live without this technology anymore. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, it's uh, you get used to pretty quick to the good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Lauren, any last uh, comments for our listeners? 
I agree with Joe. Uh, when the Wi-Fi is out, it's like, what am I going to do? There's no Wi-Fi. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I would say if you're interested in getting an auto feeder, definitely do your research. Um, get the proper ventilation and do your research on the auto feeder. Because I was a little overwhelmed at first because I didn't know how it worked. And um, you definitely have to keep up with the maintenance with your tech guy. I mean, there's regularly scheduled maintenance that you have to do to keep just like your parlors. I mean, you want to keep it running smoothly. You need to do the maintenance as recommended. So just educate yourself. Awesome. Great last comments. Thanks again to you, uh, Joe and Lauren, uh, for taking the time to, to speak to us today. And thanks to all our listeners. Please don't forget to tune in for our next season of the Wine Banter podcast. <laughs>